shit and paper on this player haters old news money on the other line so I'm welcome back ladies and gentlemen I'm not gonna hold you season two we are here episode 19 man as usual I'm your host Scott you know to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at barbchair Scott you can follow HMB Media and HMB Media on Instagram and HMB Media TV on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, you can follow the Barber's Chair Network on Twitter and Instagram at Barber's Chair Net. Subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Barber's Chair Network. Man, we've got summer sessions dropping every week. Cinema with the guys dropping. We take talking about everything, man. But we are back. Uh, this is season two. It's been about five weeks since we've done an episode, man. I'm glad we're back in the building doing this. There's been a lot of things going on. You know, a holiday is going on. Uh, COVID, whole bunch of shit, but we are back, and we are here to talk about the NFL playoffs, man. 18 weeks are in the books, the quote-unquote longest season of the of the in, entire NFL is in the books, and uh, I want to start off with my sound off, man, my sound off this week. I want to talk about, as we're heading into Super Wildcard Weekend this Saturday, how I feel this is going to be the most unpredictable tournament we've ever seen. I don't know about ever, but at least in recent memory when it comes to the NFL. Because I don't feel there's one legit favorite. I mean, you know, a lot of people can say the Green Bay Packers. And you have a, a, a rightful uh, point about picking them. I mean, they've had the best record in the NFC, best record in the NFL, period. Aaron Rodgers looked like he could be possibly be MVP again. The offense looked flawless. Defense has been pretty good. And on top of that, they're getting a lot of guys back. Getting Jair Alexander back. Getting Zadarius Smith back. You're getting, you know, uh, David Bakhtiari back. You, you, they're starting to really get, get healthy even before their bye week. So if you want to pick them, I have no problem with that. But if you look at the past with the Green Bay Packers over, those, over these last two years, really, this is a team that this isn't new. They've had a dominant regular season, and Aaron Rodgers looks as great as he's looked. This isn't breaking news to anybody. He's been doing this the last two, three seasons. As you can see, they've been to the NFC Championship game the last two seasons, losing in both of those games. But it's like, will they finally get over the hump and get back to a Super Bowl? I think that's a very legit question. There's nobody in the NFC that they can, you know, look past. I understand that people are going to have to come to Lambeau Field and play in that frozen tundra that, you know, a lot of people losing. So I get that. But there's just there's just too many other options that you could go from for me to 100% confidently say that, oh, this is their thing to lose. I can't go off that, especially with what we've seen, their track record in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, you've got Tom Brady, you've got the Bucks, you've got the Rams have been looking, I don't know if they've been looking good. You know, they've been looking kind of falling off the last couple months, but they're going to have home field in the first game. And they've got a great defense, and they should be able to at least put themselves in a position to win a game. When you look at the AFC, you've got Tennessee finishing off as a number one seed. you got Kansas City having a great second half of the season. And then you've got some sleeper teams. You've got your San Francisco 49ers. You've got your Cincinnati Bengals. You've got teams like the Raiders. The Raiders have looked good over these last two weeks, still in the win in Indiana. And, of course, I mean, yeah, it's been a standing win in Indianapolis. And, of course, that great win they had this past weekend against the Chargers. So, I don't think there's really you can put your money on anybody confidently. You can still sell me on about six to eight teams right now who could confidently win the Super Bowl. We all know all it takes is one win. All it takes is one. All you got to do is get on the roll for about four games, and you can win the Super Bowl. So I'm really interested to see how this is going to go. I'm excited. I'm, I'm more excited because last year didn't really feel like the NFL playoffs. I mean, there was some crowds that – I mean, some teams that had crowds. I know Green Bay had some. 
the Super Bowl was damn near fully at capacity. But most of those games were, were empty stadium games or like 5 to 10% capacity. It didn't really feel like the NFL playoffs, just like the NBA playoffs in the bubble didn't feel like the NBA playoffs or the, or the, the uh, MLB playoffs in their little bubble. None of that shit felt like the playoffs. So now you're going to have these loud crowds, you're going to have these rowdy crowds, and that's going to bring another element to it, man. So I'm really excited about what's going to happen uh, this, this upcoming Sunday and Saturday and Monday. Um, let's get to our first topic, man. Wow, week 18, man. This is the first time ever that we've had 17 regular season games. And man, was this a crazy week 18. Uh, it started off, I think everybody was watching that Jacksonville Jaguars Indianapolis Colts game. A lot of people knew that all the Colts had to do was win and they're in. This is a team that's been on fire the second half of the season. There's been a lot of teams. And if you've been following my article on slicksports.com, I've had them high on my power rankings for at least the last two months. And they went from the team that nobody wants to see in the playoffs to the team that literally nobody is going to see in the playoffs because of them losing to Jacksonville. And this is like the really exciting thing about final weeks of the season because you got teams who have nothing to lose. Like the Jaguars had nothing to lose. They actually clinched the number one uh, record again. Number one, I mean, number one uh, draft pick again. So they had nothing to play for. They, they fired their coach. They were just out there winging it. And you had a team in their division rival in the Colts who had everything to play for, and they just dominated them from the jump. They just dominated from the jump. It wasn't one of those games where it was close and they just couldn't get over the, over the hump. It was, it was literally an ass-whooping. Carson Wentz decided to play his worst game of the season at the absolute worst time. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had some great throws, had a couple touchdowns, and they just had nothing going for them. And, and you know, I was covering the Clipper game that day, and I was watching on a Red Zone. I'm like, man, if they lose this game, this is going to open up the floodgates for the rest of the day as far as, you know, teams trying to get into the playoffs. You know, had the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh was going against Baltimore. Baltimore completely fumbled this season. There was a point in the season when they were 8-3. and three. They were 8-3 and three looking like they're on a roll to, you know, at least competing for a top seed in the AFC. Then Lamar Jackson got injured. Then it was John Harbour. John Harbour tripping off a couple games with his uh, go-for-it mentality, which I, which I, which I respect. Nine times out of ten, but when you don't have your star quarterback playing, you need, you need these wins. And I feel like those are two things that really kind of tricked them up also. The Steelers, they had to win. They needed the Colts to lose. And they also needed that uh, – they needed for the Raiders and the Chargers to not end in a tie. And they were in. They took care of business in Baltimore. They was excited. Uh, Big Ben has another week, which, which that was the main thing I was upset about. Ben doesn't deserve to have his career extended. If there's anything he deserves, that's to be in a penitentiary. So I, I was I was upset that I had to watch this shit for another week. And we're going to get into the Raiders and Chargers in a minute and what the fuck that game was. But they were celebrating, uh, and, and now the whole little story of Ben has another chance. And I saw this little bad narrative starting to get spread on social media about, well, nobody, nobody picked the Steelers to win in 2005. Can they do it again? I'm like, stop it, man. That team... Uh, bathroom Ben isn't as good as he is in 05. Now, of course, he was trashing that game, but that season, he wasn't as good as he was in 05. There's no Jerome Bettis here. That defense isn't good as there. And the AFC is much better than it was then. Let's stop with that type of bullshit. I don't understand the, the Ben Roethlisberger love from the national media. Like, I don't understand the little tour they're trying to go on, his last home game in Heinz Field. They got him up here crying and shit like he fucking Drew Brees or Peyton Manning or one of them dudes. And that just really just rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, are we just going to completely ignore this dude done? It's like they act like this shit didn't happen. And that's one of the many things that annoys me about Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But anyway, 
So you had that going on. And, of course, the Sunday night game between the Chargers and the Raiders winning you in. But in this weird predicament, if they lost, if both teams finish in the tie, both teams make the playoffs. And there was a lot of things coming into this week of how they were going to do that. Were both teams going to decide to take a knee for three hours? Was the GM going to call? Was GMs going to call each other like, look, if it gets close to that point, we're just going to, you know, mail it in and we both make it. There was a lot of ways that was going to go. And I didn't really think it was going to be even possible. That's just some stuff that you don't really, like, think about is going to actually happen. That's just some fun shit that you think with. Oh, I hope that'll be happening. That'll be something exciting to watch. But as you watch that game, and the way it was coming down, you know, it was probably like four or five minutes left, and I think the Raiders was up like 12 or 13 or something. And you're thinking, okay, they probably got this one, you know, in the bag. And here come the Chargers. Here comes one of the longest drives I've ever seen in my entire life by Justin Herbert, which I felt took like 20 minutes, which eventually led into a touchdown. They tied the game, heading to overtime. And now we're really close here. We're really close to getting that tie that everybody wanted. And this is about this time, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, the Steelers themselves are probably shitting on themselves thinking, oh, shit, we might be screwed. So we get to the end of the game. It's a tie game. And it really kind of feels like at the end, like the Raiders were going to throw the white flag in and say, you know what? We tried. We're just going to take a knee and both of us get in. And that's when I was really looking for, like, oh, shit, this is really going to happen. And here comes Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley calls a timeout with, like, 36 seconds left. Now, neither team is rushing. The Raiders were moving like they had to leave. They were letting the time go by. They weren't They weren't, They weren't. They weren't. in a two-minute drill. Hurry up, none of that. They were like, yo, we're just going to worry about this. We'll both get in. We'll take the knee. We're good to go. They take the timeout. And, like, the Raiders looked at them like, oh, y'all think we pussy. They go for a run with Josh Jacobs. They get into decent field goal range. Their field goal kicker hasn't missed it all game. And there was even a video on the sideline of Justin Herbert telling one of the other players on the Chargers, I never wanted a tie so bad. And then you put the Raiders in field goal position. They send a kick. They go to the playoffs and the Chargers go home. So I want to talk about Brandon Staley real quick because that was one of the most asinine things I've ever seen in my life. Now, a lot of people are like, well, you really think he was going to take the knee? I mean, Derek Carr pretty much confirmed it in the postgame interview, saying that, yeah, when they took the timeout, they really changed our strategy. They were going to let that clock gonna go down. We both get in, everybody's happy. And, you know, that, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if they decide to take, we're going to take a long 55-yard field goal, you live what happens like that. But you don't intentionally take out your team of this situation and I don't even think we even got an explanation for why he did it. I don't even remember seeing any clips from his interview. I'm pretty sure he met the media, but I haven't really seen any clips of been circling around about what his explanation was. But to me, I won't say it's a fireball offense, but it's definitely one of the dumbest things I've ever seen a coach do. When you're intentionally taking your team out of the playoff position, it doesn't matter about you getting the ball back and you trying to get a field goal with a couple seconds left. If it's a tie, you're in. Why, why are you worried about things like that? And to me, if you're the Raiders, after that, you take a timeout. They're not going to take a knee right there. You got to take that as a sign of disrespect. Like, okay, you think we soft. And they went for the fucking field goal, and now they're going to the playoffs, and the Chargers are going home. And it just goes in typical Charger fashion. If they're going to find a way to fuck it up, and that's one thing we've learned from the Chargers, they don't know how to finish. It don't matter if it's Brandon Staley as a coach. It don't matter if it's uh, Anthony Lynn as the coach. It don't even matter if it's North Turner as the coach. You remember back in the day when he was coaching, they couldn't even find a way. It's a charger way of not being able to find a way to close. 
and the Raiders took it, and now they're in the playoffs, man. So I want to get into a uh, season prediction recap of everything that, you know, pretty much I predicted coming into this season uh, when we had our NFL preview episode back in uh, September. And I gave everybody who I thought my division winners was going to be, who I thought my wild card teams was going to be, and who I ultimately thought was going to win the Super Bowl. So right now I'm going to go over each division of who I picked and where I was wrong and where I was right at. So we're going to start with the NFC East. Now back in September, I picked the NFC East champion to be the Washington football team. Obviously I was wrong. It was the Dallas Cowboys. Now my, uh, my, my thought process in that at the time was they had Ryan Fitzpatrick. I feel like he was decent enough to be able to lead this team in a terrible division. We didn't really know what Dak was going to look like. There was a lot of mixed reports at the time about he's not really ready. They're rushing him. The defense last year wasn't that good as far as the Cowboys. And you don't really know what you're going to get from Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott. So there's a lot of question marks about that team. You had a team in Washington who won a division last year and hosted the playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I thought they could at least build on that and be able to win that division. I was I was completely wrong. Now, I had a lot had to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick getting injured. You know, shout out to Charles Leno. Anybody who knows the Bears know Charles Leno, one thing he don't like doing is blocking. He gave up some uh, little blindside hit that knocked out uh, Fitzpatrick, not just only for the game, but for the rest of the entire season. And that really changed the trajectory of this team. You know, Heineke was in and out of the lineup. Even when he was in, he was hot and cold. And you lose Chase Young for the season. And then Dallas just started off extremely hot. You know, Dak looked like an MVP for majority of the season. Uh, the defense has been spectacular. Trayvon Diggs, I mean, he's been great. I mean, he almost broke the all-time, you know, interceptions record. You know, you've got guys like Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons should probably be the uh, defensive rookie year. I mean, this guy has just been all over the place. I mean, for an outside linebacker to have 13 sacks, I mean, that's just some crazy-ass shit. And they just clicked all the way. I mean, they even think they started like 7-1. and one. And Washington made it look close towards the end of the season when Dallas lost like three out of four games, but then they went against Washington and they completely kicked their ass, and then they pretty much closed the division for them. But I got that one wrong. Now we go to the NFC North. Of course, I got this one right. I said Green Bay Packers. Everybody with a brain knew the Green Bay Packers was going to win. We knew the Bears wasn't going to do it. We knew the Vikings wasn't going to do it. And we're not even going to discuss the Lions. Even though I'll give the Lions this. I think the Lions played pretty hard considering the talent they have on that team. I actually like Dan Campbell. I actually think – I actually like Detroit's situation long-term as far as what they're building more than I like Minnesota's situation. I mean, yes, Minnesota has Dalvin Cook, who's one of the top running backs in the league. They've got – Justin Jefferson, who's one of the top wide receivers in the league. But you've got a guy in Kirk Cousins to where you're not going. And not only do you have Kirk Cousins, you have Kirk Cousins' contract. You have an overrated defense, and I just don't like where they're going. Now, the Bears, of course, you know how I feel about the Bears. We talk about this shit each and every week on 79th House. You can check out the new episode right now as we recap uh, the end of the season with Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace being fired. We talk about George McCaskey's uh, post season press conference, which got a lot of people upset, but I digress. I had the Bears winning nine games, finishing nine and eight. I was about six games short. Uh, they went six and 11, uh, and, you know, it was just a terrible season. And the Green Bay Packers were just on from week two on. Like, um, week one, they lost to uh, the Saints, and a lot of people was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be here. Look at this team. It's going to be a rough season for them. But this is what you get when you get to play in a terrible division like the NFC North. You're going to get at least five wins at the very 
at the very least, you're going to get five wins. Now, in this particular, in this situation, they got four. They ended up losing one game to Minnesota. And of course, they lost the finale to the Detroit Lions. But we all know that was just pretty much a, 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 a simulation, you know, scrimmage for the Packers to try to get a little action before their bye week. But I was right on the Green Bay Packers winning the division. So I was one and one on that. Now, the NFC West, I had the San Francisco 49ers winning. I said that the 2020 season was pretty much ravaged by in injuries. Everybody getting hurt. Jimmy G got hurt. Nick Bosa got hurt. Debo got hurt. Everybody got hurt last year. And I felt if healthy, these guys would be able to win the division. Uh, this year, it was the Los Angeles Rams who won the division. Now, this is a division who Arizona pretty much had a, a stranglehold on for majority of the season. And the Arizona started doing that thing that Arizona has been known to do during the Cliff Kingsbury era. And that's not finished. And the Rams took advantage of that. Uh, Matthew Stafford gave you the classic Matthew Stafford season, like I've been saying. He's not a bad quarterback, but he's not a good quarterback either. They brought him in here to, to take them over the hump, the place that Jared Goff couldn't take them, and that's winning championship. Jared Goff got them to the championship, but couldn't win it. Matthew Stafford is not that guy. He's not that guy whatsoever. I mean, just look how they clinched the division. They clinched the division in a loss because Arizona couldn't fucking beat Seattle. It was classic Stafford. We're starting to see it over these last couple weeks, just who this guy really is. But the Niners were really a really inconsistent team. They're inconsistent even though I feel like they're coming into this season as one of the hottest teams in the league. Just wasn't enough to sustain for the full season and win the division. So I got that one wrong. I was wrong about that one. Uh, NFC South, I had Tampa Bay. Of course, Tampa Bay won. It was really not much to say about this outside of them losing to the Saints, which the Saints, for some reason, so as Tampa's number in the regular season. Now, of course, in the postseason we saw last year, they went to uh, New Orleans, took care of work pretty easily, and retired Drew Brees. But there's really not too much to say about Tampa. I mean, they've got some injury issues coming into this uh, into this postseason. They just got a couple of their guys off injury reserve. We don't know how they're going to be. We don't know how Leonard Fournette's going to be. You know, we don't know how uh, that defense is going to be. I mean, Richard Sherman, God bless his heart, he tried he tried, but his body said no. So he's not going to be on the playoff roster. And, of course, the massive loss of Antonio Brown. I'm not going to get into the whole little spiel about A.B. I'm really kind of tired of talking about A.B. It's the same shit, different toilet with him. But this team feels a little vulnerable right now. They struggled. They had to come back from double digits to beat the Jets two weeks ago. They struggled beating Carolina this past week. But at the end of the day, it's still Tom Brady. They're still the defending champions, and I do feel like that defense, if anything, is going to keep them in a the game for everybody to, you know, at least compete for another championship, man. So I had that one right as far as them winning the uh, NFC South. Now, my wild card teams, I had the Rams, Seahawks, and Cardinals. Obviously, I was wrong with about the Seahawks. Seattle had a terrible fucking season, terrible season, and now that franchise is going to have some decisions to make coming up this offseason, we really got a staring contest between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Now, as I've said on this show countless times, as i said on my podcast a couple times, any ownership with a fucking brain should pick the quarterback over the old-ass coach. Now, if these two can't get along and decide to get on one page, now, in the best world, you want that Pete Carroll and Russell be able to sit down, get on the same page this offseason, and move forward and get some new blood in that building. But if they can't, this is an easy decision. You let Pete Carroll rock. You know, I, Russ didn't have the best year this year, but Russ is still 33 years old. Russ is still a top-10 quarterback in his league. You keep that guy, and you see if you can at least get a second run out of him. So I was wrong 
on Seattle making the wild card, but I got uh, the Cardinals in. I had the Rams as one of my wild card teams. And, of course, I had San Francisco win the division. That got flipped. So those are your, your, uh, your NFL, NFC playoff teams, man. Uh, going to the AFC, I got it pretty much nailed it with the AFCs. I picked Buffalo. Buffalo did win. Now, Buffalo did not play the season like I thought they were going to play them. I predicted to have Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Now, I'm going to stick with that pick just because I ride. I go down with the shit with my picks. Even though I don't think <laughs> that they're going to probably come out the AFC, I'm going to ride with it. Josh Allen did not take that major leap that I was hoping them to take. The offense was not as good as I thought they could have been. The defense was still pretty solid. The defense was still the heart and soul of this team. But I don't think anybody, especially not me, expected Mac Jones to be at least decent enough to have the Patriots with an opportunity to win a division at the last week of the season. So I did not see that coming. Buffalo did win a division regardless, just not as easily as I thought they were going to do. Now, the AFC North, I had Cleveland. Now, here's the thing about Cleveland is I like to talk shit to Cleveland Browns fans. I thought that them winning the Super Bowl was unrealistic. And I saw a lot of people say that. My brother said they're going to win the Super Bowl. My homie Chops came on here uh, last summer and said that if they don't make the Super Bowl, it's a disappointment. I felt like this team didn't have that type of talent to make a Super Bowl, but I did think they will be able to win this division. I didn't see the, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals making that big lead that they did. Now, not that I'm shocked that Joe Burrow had a great season. I knew that was going to happen, but could the offensive line hold him down? They didn't do the best job. I think he was still the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. But Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase had such an impressive rookie season. Uh, yeah, T. Higgins was great with him. That that running game was great. And Joe Burrow just took it to a whole nother level. And to be honest, Cleveland jagged every opportunity. And I saw it in that first game they lost to uh, Kansas City where they had just mental blunders that just couldn't get them over the hump to beat them. And I said, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you have to beat high-caliber teams like this on the road and not make mental mistakes. And they just weren't able to get any big wins throughout the entire season. Baker Mayfield was god-awful. Now, I'm going to give him a slight pass because I know he was injured like a motherfucker, but it was just way too much inconsistency. Like, they were in games, but he just had the most untimely interceptions, fumbling the ball, just bad reads. And as a Bears fan, that's my whole life. To me, this current Cleveland Browns team reminds me a lot of them 2019 Bears, very middle of the road, a team where it was very hyped coming into the offseason. We came into that 2019 season thinking, okay, Mitch had a decent year. He's going to build off that. Matt Nagy's offense in year two. We still got a stellar defense. We should be able to make that leap, and that just did not happen. And it's the same thing with this Cleveland Browns team that we've been seeing. And it led to Cincinnati being able to win the AFC North. So I got that one wrong. Uh, AFC West, I got that right. Kansas City Chiefs, of course. But AFC West was a battle. It was a battle this year. Uh, the Chargers stuck in there for a nice little minute. The Raiders were better than we expected them to be. Uh, Denver was in there for a little hot little second, too. But the Chiefs were able to bounce back. Uh, went like 7-1 and one in their last eight games. But the biggest question for the Chiefs long-term is what's this offense going to be like? It's the first time this year. Now, granted, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes still had good numbers, but I don't think this is the Pat Mahomes that we've been accustomed to seeing. And I think that Pat needs to understand that every play doesn't have to be a home run. You don't have to go 30, 40 yards down the field. You can do a little dink and dunking. You can go out there and make the game uh, longer by making shorter throws. 
And I feel like that's something that was really, really something that held this offense back. Uh, and also, the running game was not there this year for the first time in a long time. I remember uh, Andy Reid's team not being good in running the football. The defense was terrible in the first half of the season, and then they came their strength in the second half of the season. So it's a real up-and-down team, but they were still able to win this division. AFC South, I had the Titans winning. Uh, Titans did win the division. Not only did the Titans win the division, the Titans won the best record in the AFC. And I knew they were going to be good with everything they got. Then they had Derrick Henry, got A.J. Brown. They were able to trade for uh, Julio Jones. You know, Julio is just a name at this point. I mean, it is what it is. Julio, I forgot he was on the team majority of the time. His first touchdown of the year, he just got in the last season, last week. So he wasn't really the factor that a lot of people thought he was going to be. And we always make the Julio doesn't get touchdown jokes, but that, I – Forgot he was on the fucking field so many times. But they were still over, able to overcome that, over, overcome this. They had no Derrick Henry for the second half of the season. They were still able to win. You got to uh, tip your hat to Mike Vrabel. He's definitely in that coach of the year conversation. And now they've got a week off. They've got Derrick Henry coming back. And everybody's got to come to Nashville now to beat them, which is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL, man. So I'm really interested to see how that's going to be coming to playoffs now that they're kind of they're, they're kind of hunted now they're not the team that's sneaking up on anybody like they did the last two seasons now they're one of the favorites man so i'm really interested to see how it's gonna go but i got my afc south prediction right and as far as my wild card predictions i had chargers ravens and steelers none of the, only one of them teams made it only steelers made it last week uh the ravens collapsed like i was talking about earlier the chargers completely blew it in the final game and those other wild card teams Ended up being um, the Raiders and uh, I don't I don't even have them, but I know the Raiders is one of them teams. I got it wrong, but the Chargers fucked it up, the Ravens fucked it up, and I really thought I was gonna get more from the AFC North this season, and that's just really not what happened. So I I think I was pretty spot on. I was pretty spot on. I only got one. I only got two divisions wrong. Only got two divisions wrong, and I pretty much. I fucked up my AFC wildcard teams, but for the most part, I was pretty spot on. So let's get into our actual game preview. Uh, this Saturday, they're going to start off, uh, for the first time ever, it's going to be wildcard games for three days straight. It's going to be two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and of course they've got the Monday night slate, which I think is unfair to the teams that's playing on Monday night because not only does you have to play, you got to play on a short week and then you got to go to Green Bay. That week. So they're pretty much feeding you to the Wolves after being on a short break. But Big Raj doesn't care. He only cares about the fucking money. So let's talk about the first game of the, of the weekend. It will be the AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals hosting the AFC wildcard Las Vegas Raiders, man. I just want to first off tip my hat to the Raiders. They had such a crazy season from the uh, John Gruden situation, the Henry Ruggs situation, Changing coaches midseason. In fact, it's the first time that a coach has made the playoffs as being an interim in NFL history. So you got to tip your hat off to them. And they just did not quit. They were a real inconsistent team for majority of the season. They got a huge win on the road in Indianapolis. And they were able to hold it down at the crib against the Chargers. And I got to give it to Derek Carr, too. This has been a great season for Derek Carr. There's a lot of people wondering, well, is he going to get traded? This could be a spot for Aaron Rodgers to come. This guy held it down, and no matter what happens this offseason, you can really never guess what Mark Davis is going to do. And he's one of those uh, owners who really just, you know, goes off the hip sometimes. You really can't 
you know, uh, ex- you know, predict what he's going to do. So the coach could be changed. There could be a new quarterback. I think both of those would be big mistakes unless you're getting a guy like a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, obviously. But Derek Carr held it down. Held it down and led his team to the postseason. Now, as far as the Bengals, like we said, they had a great year. Joe Burrow was great. Their offense is great. And now they're hosting the playoff game. This is the first time they've won a division in seven seasons. And now they're going this – is, this, is, this is a game that could really go either way. I would not be shocked if Las Vegas won this game because that's just the type of team that the Raiders have been. They've been a team that just sticks around. And if you let them stick around, they can bite you in the ass. But I just feel like this defense is going to have their hands too full with Joe Burrow, with uh, Jamar Chase, with T. T. Higgins, and Joe and Joe uh, Mixon. I feel like it's going to be too much for them, and I feel like the Bengals defense will do just enough to win the game. And, of course, being at home is going to help them a lot, and I think they're going to move on to the next round. Um, the finale on Saturday is for the third time this year. We're getting Bills Pats. Um, this has been a rivalry uh, that I don't think anybody, anybody expected this year. I think we all expected for the Bills to pretty much run away with the vision. But you got to give it to Matt Jones. You got to give it to Bill Belichick. That defense was great. And they held it down. And now this, is, this could be anybody's game. I always say when you're a division rival, there's nothing that surprised you about the other team. The first game of the season when the Patriots won in Buffalo – where they only threw the ball five times, I think it was, and they won strictly off uh, went uh, running running the ball, and then the Buffalo Bills got the rematch on the road in uh, New England. So this was really a toss up. This one really isn't about X's and O's. It's really about who doesn't make the big mistakes. Uh, the Bills have been here. I mean, of course, Bill Belichick has been there. If there's anybody who has the most experience in this game, it's, it's Bill. It's been Bill Belichick. The 20 year reign that he's had with the uh, New England Patriots, and even before that, and then the years he had with the Giants. Uh, he knows what it takes to win football. He's arguably the greatest coach of all time. But this is uh, Mac Jones' first playoff game. This is a lot of these guys' first playoff games. And the Bills, they they were here last year. They were here the last two years. They've been in the playoffs the last two years. This is something, and they're going to be at home. They're going to have Bills Mafia with them. They're going to have a full Bills Mafia. It's going to be a sold-out crowd. And I'm going to take the Bills by the slimmest of margins. I think this is going to be a game that could probably end in the last-second field goal. And, of course, I would not be shocked if New England wins it. I'm not shocked if anything New England does. But I think this is going to be too much for a rookie to overcome in that atmosphere, on the road, in the playoffs. And they're going to make him throw the ball. One thing about Matt Jones, why I feel like he's gotten the most praise out of these rookie quarterbacks, because he's in the best situation. He doesn't have to throw every game like Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, or Justin Fields. He doesn't have to because he has a better team around him. But when you're in the playoffs, teams adjust, and especially a good defense like Buffalo, they're going to shut the running game down. They're going to do something similar to what Indianapolis did a couple weeks ago and make Mac Jones throw the football, and I think that's going to be the deciding factor, and I think the Bills will win that game. Now we go to Sunday. Sunday kicks off with Bucks, eagles in Tampa Bay. Uh, the champs getting ready to start You know their road to a repeat. Now, the forecast is looking like it might be some rain in Tampa, which could run in the Eagles' favor, considering they are the best rushing team in the NFL. This is Jalen Hurts' first playoff game. Of course, we know Tom Brady's been here. With all that being said, I think this is a game that if you you had a long night on Saturday, you could probably sleep through this one. I don't think this is going to be remotely close at all. I think think, uh, Tampa Bay is going to go out there. They're going to dominate. They're going to be in front of their home crowd. And I really feel like that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to win this game. 
going to, I feel like this is going to be the game of the weekend. And this is one of the greatest rivalries in the history of football. And that just happens to be San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys have been great all season, haven't had the greatest stretch at the end of the year, and the Niners are probably the hottest team coming into, into the league, into the playoffs right now. Uh, they really stormed their way in. Jimmy G had a hell of a game uh, last week. Hell of a game on Sunday. Going in there, coming back from double digits against the Rams, leading them on that final drive. And then Debo Samuels, to me, is the most difficult human being on planet Earth to tackle. If he gets any type of space, he's gone. That defense is coming alive. Warner's been balling. Bosa's been balling. And this is a team that they're not scared. And then we also got to put into the fact that this is the Dallas Cowboys we're talking about. As great as their regular season has been, we've seen this time and time again. They find a way to fuck it up. Now, them being at home is going to help them a lot. They're going to have their home crowd. And if anything, as inconsistent as this offense has been in the second half, this defense has been dominant. And I think in order for the Cowboys to win, they're going to have to force some turnovers out of Jimmy G, which isn't the hardest thing to do. But you got Trayvon Diggs. You got Micah Parsons. You got that whole defensive front line that's really been dominated. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor. I think this game can go either way. Either way. I'm going to push pick San Francisco. I'm going to pick San Francisco because, mainly because I picked them to go to, to the to the uh <laughs> to the NFC Championship game before the season, before the season started. So I'm going to stick with that. I can see Dallas winning. I can see that defense getting some stops. I can see I can see Jimmy G having another classic Jimmy G game. But I think they're gonna find a way. I think it's gonna be a game where Dallas has a multiple touchdown lead and they find a way to trick it off. And in the playoffs. And football, it's all about who's the hottest team coming in. And I'm going to go with the road with the 49ers in a very, very close game to go out there and pull it out. And then the last game on Sunday is Chiefs-Steelers. Um, I hope this is a blowout. I hope the Chiefs leave no doubt. I hope Mahomes let that criminal know this is my time. This is my error. You had your time. is over. And they dust them off very quickly. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen because the Chiefs offense has been real inconsistent. One day it looks like Pat's looking like the old Pat. Sometimes it's not. This first time this season when he's gone three games with no passing touchdown, which is just crazy. But they don't have enough offensively uh, to make this a game, in my opinion, with Pittsburgh. If you want to keep it a buck, Pittsburgh's not a good team. I love Mike Tomlin. He's my favorite coach in the league. He's been there 15 seasons, has not had a losing season. But I think it's just going to be too much for them to overcome. They're going to be an arrowhead, and I think that the Chiefs will win this one by at least 10. And then, of course, the final game of the weekend, it will be in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. It will be Rams-Cardinals 3. This is another division game. we got two division games uh, this weekend, which are always hard to predict. These are two teams that I don't trust at all. I don't trust the Rams at all because they're quarterback Matt Stafford. I don't trust the Cardinals because they don't know how to finish shit especially how they played the second half of the season. This has been a real big back-and-forth series this year. The Cardinals dominated in the first game. The Rams won in the second game, which catapulted them into actually winning the division. But the Rams are at home. I feel they have the better offensive weapons. DeAndre Hopkins will not be playing on Sunday. I mean, on Monday. So that's going to be a big blow to them. And if anything, I trust that that uh, Rams defense. If anything, there might be times 
uh, Matt Stafford likes to give it up. So I think they'll win this one. But I think this will be a very competitive game. I think it'll be a close game. But I do think the Rams pulled out, and then they'll head to, uh, to Lambeau Field next week in a, in a game that I will be rooting for the Rams. Because at this point, I don't care who wins the Super Bowl. I don't care. Just don't let it be number 12. Number 12 in green, not the real number 12 who plays in Tampa Bay. Just don't let him win. Because my worst nightmare would be Green Bay winning the Super Bowl and this motherfucker decide to sign a five-year extension. That would be the worst shit possible for me, and I don't want that. So whoever plays against Green Bay, I'm rooting for you. But I'm excited. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a weird NFL season. It's been a weird one because there hasn't really been any favors last this this season. Honestly, last month, honestly, last month month of having football, it's been pretty bad. There's not been a lot of games. There's been a lot of a lot of Sundays where I'm sitting up here watching Red Zone, and I'm like, I could probably be watching something else. So I'm really hoping these playoffs live up to the expectation of, I think, how crazy it's going to be. And then we'll see how it is in a couple weeks with the Super Bowl. Should be out here in SoFi Stadium in a couple weeks, man. So that's who I got for my NFL Wild Card Weekend Now, as we wrap this episode up, we're going to get into Goofy Mog of the Week. And the funny thing about this is my Goofy Mog of the Week this week was actually my Goofy Mog of the Week when we did our last episode five weeks ago. That is the Chicago Bears chairman, George McCaskey, or as one of my uh, Twitter followers so uh, lovingly calls him, they Connor Roy. Now, if anybody watched Succession, like I watched Succession, you understand why that is one of the most funniest comparisons I've ever seen in my life. Now, the reason I'm giving him Goofy Mog of the Week is, I mean, he did what we all want him to do. You know, how many times have you watched this show, my brothers come on here, we talked about Matt Nagy's got to go, Ryan Pace's got to go. How many times have you heard that, on 79th House, or even just any other podcast on Barbara's Channel Network. I was, and if you know me personally, how many times you heard me say this shit? So I got that wish. I got both of them guys unemployed. That's fine. The issue is this press conference he had, where he obviously has no fucking clue. By not moving Ted Phillips into a non-football area for having a GM search I mean, before I mean, interviewing coaches before you have a new GM and basically going up there and admitting to the people that you don't know anything about football. The actual quote was, I'm not a football guy. I'm just a fan. And that type of shit puts a sense of paranoia and pessimism into myself and other Bears fans that I've never seen before. Now, who knows? They could get this hiring, these hirings right. I hope they have. I've washed my hands, and I've given this one to God. I will say from the candidates that we've been seeing who are going to be interviewing with the Bears, there's a lot of solid can- candidates on the GM side and the coach side. They might get this right. But because of that press conference, because the Bears and George McCaskey don't have a clue about how the rest of the NFL perceives them as a laughing stock. I mean, you can see on ESPN when they're talking about the Bulls. The Bears catch shots. Oh, the Bulls are great. But what about them Bears? Like, it's, they're a constant punching bag. And it's like the ownership doesn't give a fuck. So they go out there and they kind of self-sabotage. You could have fired Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and been cool. You ain't got to do no press conference. And there'd be a lot more excitement for Bears fans right now. But they just couldn't let that go. So I'm going to give that to him for not winning, not, not knowing when to shut the fuck up. And that's the biggest problem. I feel this organization. Now, I hope they make the great hire, best hires with coaching and GM. I think this is 
uh, we have some potential pieces on this roster. And I do think, of course, like a lot of media guys were saying, Ian Rappaport, Rich Eisen, the Bears are the most attractive job out there. No matter how bad this team is, they're still the charter franchise. It's still Chicago. It's a football city. And you've got a promising young quarterback that can hopefully, we hope, can be a franchise quarterback. And you compare that to other situations, it's the best. So we're going to see how this goes over these next two weeks. But I will say, sometimes, George, it's good to just shut up. It's good to just shut up, man. So that's all I've got for y'all today, man. I appreciate y'all watching. We are back. Season two is here. Uh, we will not be having any big breaks again. You know, COVID, uh, hoping COVID don't fuck us up. You know, fuck us. You know, if we're all good, then we'll be here. So I'll be back next week. We're going to have some more guests uh, this season. We're going to recap NFL Wild Card Weekend, and we're going to get you ready for the divisional rounds. We'll have a little bit of NBA t uh, talk. And when we do have some MLB news, we have nothing going on right now. We're still in lockout. We'll talk about that, man. But as usual, you know where to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at BarkChairScott. You can follow HMB Media at HMB Media TV on Twitter and at HMB Media on Instagram. You can follow Barber's Chair Network on Twitter and Instagram at Barber's Chair Net. And subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Barbershare Network. Y'all have a good Super Wildcard weekend. I'll holler at y'all next week. Triple double hat trick, I know the code too. Ice trade, go for trade, yeah we cold too. Getting paper on these player haters, old news. Money on the other line, so I'm not gonna hold you. Money on the other line, so I'm not gonna hold you.